Hi, this is Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 94. I looked out about half time and the squirrel had emptied my bird feeder and I said, this has got to stop. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Do you know that you should be out networking, but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? Or that you're going to freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business? Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses, primarily through networking. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y network ninja. And now let's move on to the show. Hi there, it's Sue and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick and mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today I have joining us Tom Degler with Squirrel Away Bird Cafes. Tom grew up on a farm in central Illinois and had a rewarding career in agricultural sales and marketing. When he retired in 2008, one of his chores was to keep the bird feeder full. This chore led the way to his retirement advocation of the Squirrel Away Bird Cafe. These unique squirrel-proof bird feeders are sold through several retail outlets and also at craft shows, flea markets, and online. Tom enjoys the craft shows and flea markets the most because of the direct contact with those with a squirrel problem. There's a lot more to this story, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled that you are here, and as our listeners know, we like to kick this off by having you describe yourself in a little bit of a different way, and that is by telling us what your ideal motivational candle would look like. So if you were to tell me the color and the quote on your self-made candle, what would that be? I suppose it would be multicolor, although if I had to pick one, it would probably be blue because I like blue. And the slogan or my uh, message would be, fool a squirrel and feed a family. (laughs) There you go, right along with your product, right? That's right. (laughs) Now, I have read your brochure, so I know a little bit about how this idea formed, but I'd love for you to share with our audience how this all came about and then also describe what the product is. Well, it started back, I suppose, in 2008 when I retired, and uh, my wife, told me that one of my jobs would be to keep the bird feeder full. And so I would happen to be watching football one day, uh, watching the Chicago Bears since I live in the area. Go Bears! (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I looked out about halftime and the squirrel had emptied my bird feeder and I said, this has got to stop. I didn't sign up for a program that strenuous to keep the bird feeder full. So I guess that sent me a quest trying to figure out if I could 
be smarter than the squirrel and keep him from eating all my bird feed. So that started, I looked in stores and found that the ones that I thought would work were very expensive. You know, they could range up to $100 or so for the really good ones. And so I thought, well, I could do this. And so I started out with several designs, a lot of things that didn't work, obviously, but then came up with something that did and seemed to be attractive enough to sell. So I went to the flea market and tried to peddle some there just to see what it would be like. And I sold more than I thought I would be able to. And then that just kind of mushroomed from that point. So how long was it from that afternoon when you were sitting watching football to when you actually had a product in terms of research because you probably went to find the solution to just buy something different and then that didn't work so in terms of advice to our audience how long did that take you probably six months i would say to six to eight months before i thought i might have a saleable item you might Mm -hmm. say okay and then it's developed since then originally why it was not as attractive not as durable so it's kind of grown from that point as i jokingly say I'm now on version 8.25 so (laughs) (laughs) my my son tells me what are you going to do next put Corinthian leather on the perches for the birds or what you know so I don't know what else I can do to it but it's either trying to be one of several things trying to make it more attractive more affordable more profitable one of the other and more durable so those are the things that I try to strive to make it better. So you just keep working on it over and over. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably also why you like the craft shows, because you can actually talk to people who are either using the product already or looking at it and making comments. That's correct. Several of the improvements have been made just because of comments from customers. And that's how you find out how to make your product better. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And Gift Biz listeners, I hope you heard that if you were doing something else and didn't catch that. Listening to your customers, they can be a gold mine for what else you can do, either product extensions or how you can enhance a product that you currently have. All right. And so for our listeners who may not know specifically about your product, because there are a couple of other feeders on the market that claim to help with this problem, how is yours different? First of all, I would say probably the key thing that makes it a good bird feeder and very discriminating, I would say, is that it has springs on the perches so that whenever the bird lands on the perch, why he can sit and eat, whereas anything larger than, say, a cardinal, whether it be a grackle or larger bird or certainly a squirrel or chipmunk, why they just can't seem to negotiate that. And so that's one of the big things that makes it do what it does, plus the fact the top of it is dome-shaped. So even if a squirrel is hanging by his toenails from the wire, he just barely gets his nose down and far enough to sniff it. And so that's just very frustrating to him. And didn't you also do something else to the top so that they can't get in, they can't take the top off? Right. That's just one of the last things that made it, I guess, version 8.0 was that that I put a finial on top, a loop finial, so you could run the wire through the top to lock down the top of the lid. Because I had a lady that sent me a picture of a squirrel completely encased in the tube of the bird feeder. And if you... If you would have had a cork big enough, as wide as the bird feeder was, you could have 
put a stamp on him and mailed him to California. You know, it was it was very humorous. So that's what brought about the finial type lockdown system. That's good, and that's not safe for the squirrel either. I mean, we're not here to hurt squirrels. We just no, want them to no. leave the feeders alone. Exactly. They have their place, and I just feel that it's on the ground cleaning up anything that the birds kick out, you know? Exactly. So you're doing this more as a retirement hobby, but it's truly a business, too. I don't know if you felt that it was going to continue to grow and blossom as it has. But so as you were doing this, you might have had a little bit of a different motivation behind you than someone who's trying to build a product to make a business to be able to quit working nine to five or that kind of thing. But I am quite sure there had been some struggles along the way as you were developing the product. Can you share with us one of those struggles? Well, one of the biggest struggles is if you're introducing a new product or making a new thing or trying to design something that's better or is unique, what have you, is where do you get the materials? How do you get the parts? Is there things that can be bought off the shelf to make it or how are you going to do it? And so one of the big things was, for example, the lid and how do you, where do you get a dome lid? And so you look in hardware stores or wherever it might be trying to find domes or look on the internet. Where do you find them? And the first real innovation for a dome lid for me was I went to one of the local hardware stores and found clip-on lampshades that were plastic and they were a dome shaped and they had a clip on so I took the clip off and I could paint the inside of the lampshade and then I used that as one of my first dome lids. A lot of it is trying to find the materials or the right things to build what you're going to build or make what you're going to make if you're in the production side. So was that for the prototype or was that for the actual product when it first no, came that out? No, was pro- that was probably a little later on. And the first one was just the top, a PVC pipe, four-inch wide top. I had to make the length of the tube and had to find a tube that would fit the top. So you got to try to figure out what fits with what and what will go together to make what you want to make. Got it. Now, are you making all of these yourself still? Yes, I am. I make them all in my shop. I've got a little shop outside of my house, and that is production central. And so I will build them there, and I usually do it in a like a factory-type mode. I make a dozen bird feeders in a batch, you might say, and put the parts together. And one day I'll make perches, and one day I'll make ports. And so you have to kind of economize your time as much as possible whenever you get into some production. Sure. I mean, we talk about that a lot just in terms of office productivity too, batching. So you're applying this over into more of a production arena as well. Right. It's not as much fun as just making one bird feeder from start to end, but it's the only way I can get enough made to make it worthwhile to go to the shows and cover the retail and online requests that I might get. So I know that you're right now not at home, you're out traveling because that's the luxury of being, I'm only going to call you semi-retired since you've got all this (laughs) going on. (laughs) So what do you do then when you're not around? Do you have enough? Do you have someone who can fill orders or do you just delay? Well, what I did on my website for this point, I just said no orders through the month of January. I won't be able to fill any. So I just left that message on my website 
And I got a call as I was coming down from one of the retailers, and I just had to tell him, sorry, I'm not going to be around. I can't send you a dozen more or how many ever more you want for your store, so you'll just have to wait. The nice thing about being retired and having it as a sideline is what else are they going to do? <laughs> right. So, okay, so let's continue on and considering that our listeners are all looking at probably growing and building their business and you've had a lot of experience in terms of sales and marketing and now you're applying a lot of that to your product. What was the next move after you got the product, you know it's working, it's alive and well, you tested it at that first show to see that there was interest out there. What else did you do to get the word out? I started a website, for one thing, to get the word out that way. And that, and I had friends where I lived as far as the retail side. I had a friend that worked at the local hardware store, and I went by there, and I says, take a look at this, see what you think. Is it something that would be worthwhile to you? And I'll tell you what I can sell them to you and see if you can make them a, the right amount of money. But the other key to the whole process was I really didn't need the money, fortunately. Uh, my life's been good, and I wasn't needing the cash so much. as just this was more of a hobby or avocation. And so I decided I would donate some of the monies, uh, well, actually all the monies, to some good cause. And so after being in the agricultural business all my life, I thought, well, we're staying in food, let's put it into the food bank. And so that's what I ended up doing. And that was another motivator for either retailers or customers to purchase the product because they knew it was going for a good cause as well. So there was a lot of winners involved in purchasing the product. As well, U.S. made. A lot of people now, that's a big trigger too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And not only U.S. made, made by you. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So really important point there, too, is that this is a give back. And I know there are also a segment of people who are listening here who are thinking about that. They're going to be done with what their lifetime career has been, but they're not done yet. You know, they either like business or they're doing crafting or that type of thing. So this idea of taking a portion of the profits or what you're saying in your case, almost all the profits and donating them, giving, paying them forward to something is very attractive to a buyer. So you feel like you're doing a lot for, in your case, the food bank and the consumer does as well. Well, in my case, it just basically turns out I'm spending my time. And and whenever it goes to the donations to the food bank, well, that's, to me, it's that's other people's money. You know, I that's not a problem because it doesn't cost me anything except for my time. And, you know, a retired person, their time is all extremely valuable, but not worth anything, you know, in, ca- in cash. So in that aspect, why I think it's just a good thing happening all the way around. Didn't I read somewhere that you said that you were paying yourself a dollar and a quarter? Well, I say (laughs) that in my brochure. I says the maximum I will ever take of that is what my wage was whenever I was a a kid to bring back my youth. You know, it was like a dollar and a quarter an hour. As I remember growing up on the farm, that's what my dad paid me for cutting weeds out of the beans or whatever the job was on the farm. Actually, I never have taken that dollar and a quarter, but I've got the option. If things get go. tough, I, 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 will, I can still pull that dollar and a quarter and not be lying to people, okay, <laughs> or telling them something that's not true. 
Well, and I'm quite sure the reward of doing this and the satisfaction is also huge payment for you. Certainly, certainly. It makes you feel good, and so that's great. Let's talk a little bit about the craft shows. Now, you this is, besides the, I think, maybe handful, maybe it's more of retail shops that you're in, your favorite thing to do is going out to craft shows and flea markets. How many do you do in a year? It has dwindled down somewhat, but I'll do maybe a half a dozen or so. Somebody, if they were interested in that trade, could do one every weekend probably, but I'm retired. I find it fun to go to uh, flea markets, craft shows. Uh, That uh, venue seems to be the most fun because, well, you get to talk to a lot of people. Whenever I used to do the flea markets or when I do the flea markets, I even bring my golden retriever shook and he probably gets more attention than I do but I tell people that he's in charge of customer relations and so they come by and pet him and he enjoys that and he's worn out by the end of the day from being petted everybody wins you know again yeah and I know because that's how I ran into you was at one of the craft shows actually right before the holidays and your booth I didn't even know what you were displaying because there were so many people in your booth until I got closer. As I was going down the aisle, I'm like, okay, because I'm always looking for guests, you know, with interesting products, new stories. And your booth, there were so many people. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? Let's go find out. And there were so many people there. What do you do when you've got a crowded group right around your booth? How do you manage and work with everybody? Well, the interesting thing I found is marketing is if I can show the product in action, uh, that has a tremendous impact on people and to actually visualize how they might utilize it in their home. Early on, I took several videos out my patio door of squirrels trying to get at the bird feeder and birds sitting on it, etc. I put it together in like a two-minute video, which I show on my website as well. And then there's a second video of just birds coming with nice, serene music. But it's more like the squirrels making their various attempts to attack the bird feeder and failing. People get a big kick out of watching that. And there they can see how it works. And then with a few small demonstrations of the features of the product, why... And then I tell them the closing thing is usually that, well, all the proceeds go to the food bank. So 50, 60 people are going to get fed with each bird feeder sold. So if you're interested, why, here it is. And I really don't have to put a lot of pressure on anybody to purchase it. And so it's just a lot of fun. And they and the, and the customer enjoys it. The funniest part is the, uh, it's probably the funniest, enjoyable two minutes they'll have particularly the husbands if they were drug along with their wives or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) that they'll have while they're shopping at the flea market. It is really humorous, I have to say. And it is on the website, Gift Biz Listeners. We're going to talk about the website at the end, and it's also going to be on the show notes page. But it is extremely entertaining. You should take a look at it for sure. A couple of things that Tom just mentioned in terms of working with the craft shows is product in action and the video We've heard this before, you know, when you hear about how to display and how to attract, especially if you have a new product that is going into a retail shop, any of those demo videos are really, really helpful for selling your product. And you're saying, Tom, you just used uh, your own camera, right? Yes, I I put the video together and I went to 
Dreamweaver and put the uh, well, not Dreamweaver, but one of the the movie sites that I could put the movie together and put sound to it and some sound effects and all of those kinds of things just to make a low cost production movie for two minutes. Yeah, and, I mean low cost but high value. Right, and that was fun in itself. Just making that and putting that together as well. Now at this point, my experience with the bird feeder is I can't do any of those squirrels falling off videos very much because they're pretty smart animal and so they don't even try anymore so I don't have any of those action shots that I can <laughs> I can utilize that's good though I mean they learn yeah. and then they're then mission accomplished right it's kind of a 10-step program for them I think you know <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I want to bring up that Tom was mentioning about in a craft show but this could be really in any type of a purchase when you're talking to a customer and you're doing some type of give back I really like the way he phrases everything that says, you know, it's $10 off of every purchase that goes to the food bank. And then he does the extension of that then feeds 60 families. So when you're showing some type of a benefit for your product, if there's a further extension to it that brings the point home even further, it makes sense to think through and add that then to your conversation. Because like you said, then it's pretty easy. People are ready to go. The wallets start opening and you're going to be making a lot more bird feeders. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm making about as many as I want. The thing about it is when you're retired and you're doing this for the enjoyment of it, Sometimes just so much enjoyment's enough. You know? Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, because it can it could easily flip a switch to being real stressor. Certainly. And I just enjoy it. So that's where it's nice for me. If one was in business, uh, obviously you want to grow your business as much as possible. And I'm just not interested in growing it much larger than what it is right now. I'm fine with where it is. And I love that you say that too, because when we're entrepreneurs, it doesn't mean you always have to be bigger, larger, more money. You know, I mean, certainly if you're doing this for lifestyle where you can be at home with your children or something like that, you know, you have to make a certain amount of income. But there does come a point where it's no longer fun. You're no longer energized and passionate about it. You know, Tom, you've got the perfect situation because you can do as many or as few as you want. That's right. That's what retirement's all about. And I've had people say, well, you ought to go on Shark Tank, you know, and show this. You got the video and all that kind of stuff. And I said, wait a minute, this is not suitable for Shark Tank because they want to make money. And I give all this money away. So uh, they wouldn't be interested at all. Right. I mean, and success has many different looks, right? And this Certainly. is success for you. You're giving back, so that makes you feel great. You clearly love making the feeders. I'm imagining you've got music going on in your workroom, <laughs> something, you know, just so <laughs> oh, that Oh, certainly. I have my Cirrus on all the time with whatever music or radio program I might be interested in hearing. Fabulous. As we move forward, I just want to ask you one more question, just drawing on the experience that you've had in the past. Are there any other suggestions or words of wisdom that you would give us in terms of sales and marketing when you have a new product coming to market? Let's see. Um, whenever you ask me for words of wisdom, that's one of the things, you know, I always thought it'd be nice to be wise, but I don't know that I'm there yet. So <laughs> I guess the thing is to do the things that you enjoy doing is the key because if you don't enjoy what you're doing in your business why it's work 
And if you enjoy it, it's play. And so that's the biggest thing I could suggest to people that might be getting started in some type of venture or adventure, whichever you want to call it, is do the things that you enjoy and everything else will come together. If you're enjoying it, people will know that you're enjoying it and they will catch on and you'll do fine. Right. I think also if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to be able to keep with it for very long. That's true. Okay, we're going to go now into our reflection section. And this is a look at you where people can kind of relate to whether they have the same traits or the same thoughts or that kind of thing. If there was one natural trait that you have which has made you be successful in terms of putting this all together, what would that be? <laughs> Probably be a, a good sense of humor, you know? <laughs> because <laughs> Because of watching the squirrels or what? Well, everything. You got to you got to just take stuff lightly enough and hopefully entertainingly enough to make it fun for you to do. And like I said, in my situation, that's one of the big things for sure. And being focused in what you want to do as far as what you're going to make or what you're going to sell or whatever the case may be. I've always enjoyed being with people and a little bit of the edge of each one of those relationships is probably ground on seeing the funny side of life or just trying to be observant on things that maybe other people don't see. The whole thing about being observant, too, that's how you identified the need to have a solution to the squirrel problem in the first place, right? (laughs) Well, that's true. You figure that, well, like in my case, whenever I solved or partially solved my problem, why then it became, well, maybe some other people have that problem as well and so maybe they'd be interested and then just kind of going on from there to making the the product as I said before more affordable or more durable or find a new ways the only thing that I have manufactured for the bird feeder itself is the tubes that I use for the major body of the bird feeder and I use a PVC material that's clear and you're not going to find that kind of stuff in the hardware store. So I had to go to an extruder, a gentleman that was making those kinds of things and made it to the size that I needed. And so whenever I have a new order of tubing, why I am making a commitment for 800 more bird feeders. So that point in time is always critical because I have to ask myself, do you want to make 800 more of these suckers or not? Right. And so I ordered a batch this fall, so I guess I'll be in the business for a while. Well, that's good. I'm like feeling like I need to go order mine soon, though, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you're going to be seeing an order coming from me. (laughs) But I know it's going to be delayed because you're in Florida golfing. (laughs) That's right. It won't be till February sometime. So um, just back off a little bit and (laughs) relax and go from there. There you go. So what do you do in terms of balancing your retirement life with making the bird feeders? Do you set off like certain days that you're going to make them or do you have any set schedule or you just kind of fly free and just do what you need to do in the time? Well, weekends are usually, see during the summertime, golf plays a big part of my life, I guess, because I live real close to a golf course, and that's one of my retirement enjoyments, so I do a lot of that, and most of the actual sales occur as far as shows in the fall because of Christmas and holidays and that type of thing, 
And then again, around Mother's Day, Father's Day, you got to think in terms of when people are looking for something that maybe they don't find, they don't know what to buy, you know, Mm -hmm. for that grandmother or whoever. And so that's the time that this just kind of pops for them, I guess you might say, because everybody has a squirrel story or grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or whoever has had that problem. My neighbor, my friend. Everybody. Every, well, not everybody. Well, if you're a bird feeder person. Yeah, yeah. So they've had a challenge. So that's what I try to zero in as far as that time is concerned. Of course, my significant other, my gal, Dorothy, she actually helps me build these things. And she's my best salesman because she can go to these craft shows and make it sound better than maybe what it is. I don't know, but she does a good job for me. So we spend a lot of time on weekends together, et cetera. So there's always something to fill the day. Yeah, you just kind of choose it as you need to, and uh, except when you have Pretty the bigger much. orders, that you, and then you I definitely s- have to fill them. I probably still have that work ethic of Monday through Friday, you ought to be doing something productive that's in your brain. But So that is probably the major times that I do it, and I do it during the day for the most part, although sometimes you got to buckle down and work harder at it to meet the orders or meet the needs for the next coming show. Sure. Um, Tom, is there a book that you've read either recently or in the past during your career that you think would offer some good advice to our listeners? Well, I've read a lot of motivational books in my career, I guess I did, and areas of trying to improve my capabilities, my skills as far as sales and marketing, etc. I just purchased the book, The Undoing Project, trying to figure out what that was all about. That's the last book that I picked up and went through. So Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get a book for free on me if you haven't done so already. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make your selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Well, at this point, Tom, I would like to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? I think what would be inside my box if I had a longer term goal is that up to this point, I've figured out through the sales and what I've given to the food bank or what other people have given to the food bank through the Squirrel Away Bird Cafe. It's over 380,000 meals that have been brought about because of this bird feeder and given to the hungry people that take advantage of the food bank. And I guess if I was looking at that gift, it would say a million meals. That would be the thing that... uh, would be a goal, I guess. I don't know if I'll make that. If you get tired of, of doing something, and I hope I don't get tired of it, but that would probably be in that box. I love that. And honestly, the first thing I thought of when you just said that is definitely a business person. You're still thinking business because your goal is so specific. One million. Nice, round, mm-hmm. even, and specific. I could have said a million and two, I suppose. Maybe that would have been more realistic. (laughs) No, I like the million. Perfect. Nice and clean.
So Gift Biz listeners, the best way I think for you, and I believe the only way you could see and or order one of these if you were interested is on the website, correct, Tom? Well, unless you're in the Geneva area, the the local hardware store carries them. They're the main retailer that handles the product. Okay. But uh, online seems to be the way. Or I try to put on my website the shows that I'll be at, and most of those are in the Chicagoland area. What is the website? It's squirrelproof.biz. Ooh, nice and easy. Right. And that has the videos on it. it it's probably got more information on the website about squirrel and squirrel proofing your bird feeder etc and so forth then you'd ever want to know but it's everything you need to know about my business is on that website along with phone numbers and everything else if you want to talk or um, emails etc perfect you know also that there'll be a show notes page attached so if you are out and not able to capture the information right now just jump over to your computer get on the show notes page and you'll have all the information there tom thank you so much i really appreciate all the information you've given us a little bit of a different view of how you can take a craft and really integrate it into your retirement world and enjoy it and you know you talk about fun and being happy and the humor and just doing this because of your love of creating and then also giving back and it's just it's a wonderful story i really really appreciate your sharing it with us today and may your candle always burn bright thank you where are you in your business building journey whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success find out by taking the gift biz quiz Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting giftbizquiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.